By the way, was it you or Roy who planted the story about Hassan in the New Yorker? <laughs> uh, if, if it was anyone, it would be me. <laughs> that is the voice of the great Ronnie Chang. Ronnie is a returning champion on the podcast. Uh, he was one of our earliest guests three years ago. Episode 13. Now he's back for 120. Episode 120. And I couldn't be more excited about it. One of the funniest people I know. One of the funniest people I've ever met. Uh, if you're able to see him on tour, he is everywhere right now. Um, as am I. My Please Stop the Ride tour continues. I just finished my shows in the Pacific Northwest. So fun. I go in February to Florida, St. Petersburg, Jacksonville, Orlando, and Miami Beach. Then in March, if you're in Colorado, brace yourself because I'm coming to your town with my brother, Joey Bag of Donuts. America's guest has planned a trip for us to go skiing, mostly for him to go skiing, and for me to perform comedy. I'll be in Aspen, Beaver Creek, Fort Collins, as well as Denver. We added a third and final show in Denver, on April 9th, I'll be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is a newly added show. I'm at TPAC there, the Tulsa Performing Arts Center, which is gorgeous. And then I go to Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, and then three shows in Austin, Texas at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. That's a fun comedy festival to go to. The lineup is phenomenal. I was just looking at all the comics there the other day. I was really, really excited to just share the stage with a bunch of those folks. All right, I'm recording this update <laughs> from the tour on my phone, but we added a third a third show in Chicago, which is unbelievable. It's at the Chicago Theater, one of the most beautiful theaters in the world. And I thought I was going to be lucky enough to do one show there. And now we've added a second, which sold out, and now a third, which is on sale today. I really wanted to record this so that you would be the first to get the best tickets in the pre-sale, which starts today, and the code is PANCAKE. And now back to past Mike. My, Mike in the past when I recorded the other things. I'll be in Los Angeles for the Netflix is a Joke Festival May 6th. There's only a few seats left for that one. Then I'll be in Troy. We just added a second show in Troy. I'll be in Rochester. Toronto, we just added another show. Atlanta, Charlotte, Richmond, we just added a third show in Washington, D.C. in June. And then I've got a few more shows. Niagara Falls on July 5th, Sag Harbor, New York, which is in the, in the Hamptons in New York, July 26th and 27th. All of those tickets are on burbigs.com. Join the mailing list to be the first to know about all the pre-sales and the codes and all of that. But today I'm, I'm with Ronnie Chang. Ronnie Chang and I cover a lot of ground. We talk about the controversy surrounding The Daily Show, who's going to host The Daily Show. Uh, we talk about Ronnie switching from being a lawyer to doing stand-up comedy and how similar those things are and different they are. And we, we talk about why Ronnie doesn't reveal his actual birthday. I wished him happy birthday recently, and he said it is not my birthday. It's a great talk. Enjoy my conversation with the great Ronnie Chang. I texted Hassan last night. Go, what do you what do you have any questions for, for Ronnie? He had two. Um, our mutual friend Hassan Minhaj 
Ronnie's really good at comedy because he's so good at complaining. <laughs> That's his natural demeanor and voice cadence. But when he's trying to be sincere, it sounds like he's trolling you. <laughs> As a fun game, ask him to compliment you or give you advice. It will sound like he's making fun of you. <laughs> when I make you fun of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really funny. So to for, per Hassan, okay. compliment me, okay. it, but be sincere. Right. Uh you have this pretty unique fashion sense that <laughs> it's not bad, but you also don't look super stylish. You know what I mean? But you don't look not stylish. You look like, you know, when you look at you, you don't go, this guy isn't stylish. Yeah. But they also don't look at you and go, this guy's super stylish. Yeah. So in that, you're in that great zone of wow. just mediocrity with fashion, which you want to be, which you want to be in that zone. I think tipped it towards mediocrity. <laughs> At the end, which is like a little, <laughs> bit of a, a little bit of a diss. No, but you want but to be mediocre that, really nice. in fashion, in comedy, because you don't want to be the, you know, you don't want to be too flashy. No, you're right. Right, but you also don't want to be a You don't want to slouch. wear yeah. a tuxedo in your special, for example. <laughs> That's what makes it special. That's right. Really but you don't want to wear a tux to, you know. I love that you did that, by the way. Oh, thanks. That tux, did you, I was trying to get a handle on like what kind of tux that is because it's like a white tux uh, in your recent special. Is yeah. it like a tux you'd wear to a wedding or like like what was the idea? Is it like evening wear? Um, it was the whole concept between for all my specials seems to be Ameri- classic American show business oh, because that's yes yes th- yeah that's what I grew up with yes. and I always was like uh, you know I wish there was like an Asian person in one of these things. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put myself in it. Oh my and gosh. And so that, that's, that's, the, that's the visual theme for all the specials. So for the second special specifically, it became Indiana Jones in the uh, in Hong Kong when he's in that bar. Yeah. Yeah, he's wearing the white tux. And right. And you know, in, in the Hong Kong bar. And, and, you know, Hong Kong bars have a very, uh, it's, it's like a Hong Kong art deco. It's, it's a specific kind of thing. And so we found a bar in New York that did it. And it was a perfect venue. And they let us, they let us you know, do whatever we wanted in there. And I'll never do that again. <laughs> because that's a, again. that's a very bad idea. For all the comics listening, everybody wants to do the intimate special. Don't fucking do it. Really? Don't do it. It, can, it cannot be that done. That was your takeaway? Yeah, it cannot be Why? done. It can't be done. It just, it just doesn't have the effect because it'll feel smaller than you want it to feel. Yeah. And Doug Stanhope did it. Sarah Silverman did it. Chappelle did it. And yeah. Thing. Yeah. But it won't. There's be- a handful of people who've done it over the years. And I've always clocked it as like, that's a choice. Yes. And so it's like, you're trying to, I know the logic. I can hear all the comics already. They want to bring it back to where the material developed from. It right. developed in small rooms. Let's capture the intimate setting. It cannot be done. Do it in a fucking theater and that's it. Don't try to reinvent the, the, the wheel. It's not meant to be reinvented. Just Is there really do- a, a unique <laughs> approach to promoting your special? <laughs> <laughs> to come on a podcast and just rip it to shreds? No, I, mean, I, I stand behind my special. <laughs> I'm just saying no one else special? do it. It's too tough. It's you should too, stand yeah. behind. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's, it was shot beautifully and all, and all that. I just, I think I, I would have... I should have done it in a in a bigger theater. And it's real. And then uh, here's Hassan's other question. You should ask Ronnie why he's now picking up Brazilian jiu-jitsu <laughs> at age 38. Is it a midlife crisis? <laughs> uh, damn, you got the inside info. I know from my sworn enemy. 
I got the good stuff. And he's got all the he's he knows my all my crap. By the way, was it you or Roy who planted the story about Hassan and the New Yorker? <laughs> uh, if if it was anyone, it'd be me. <laughs> but um, no, I I I don't know if we can even talk about it. Was he I on think the? We can talk about. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, that's right. Um, he's my friend. I mean, I. I I think Hassan's great. I think he got a bad deal. Yeah, I think he got a bad deal. I think um, when he when he went on, I was when it was going down. I was actually in Australia doing shows, and so I was just like, "This isn't gonna stick." That's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> I was in I was in London. Yeah, Jimmy Carr, who's on this podcast, yes, said to me, he goes, "This article came out about your friend Hassan. You should give him a call." And I was like, "Really?" Right. Like I go, I read, I skimmed the article. Right. I didn't think it, he was like, yeah, just give him a call, right? Like just to show support yeah. or whatever. And then I did, and I was like, oh wow. I mean, the world is like in in collapse. Yeah, and we had to report on this. And then we're like, these weird. jokes don't yeah. line up with these jokes. I know it's very with the fact check comedy. That's so weird. It's bizarre. To, yeah. To 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 when so when when it, when news came out, I was laughing at Hassan as I. Yeah. Do all the time anyway. <laughs> but mainly I was laughing because I was like, oh, this isn't going to stick, you know? And then, and because the, the truth is, like, if you ask, even now, well, in Brooklyn, which is probably a Hassan stronghold, I guess. Sure. Like, if he was going to get yeah. elected, this would be like a solid Hassan. For sure. You know, neighborhood. If we go on the street right now, I doubt that two people will even know what we're talking Nobody about. Nobody knows. That's what I mean. Nobody knows, but everybody it's knows. So but then it, yeah, but it, it, it's, it's such a weird thing. So that was my response to him, was that like, I'm in Australia right now, dude. I can, <laughs> I promise you no one here gives a fuck about what, you, anything you're, you're, you're upset about, whatever it is, you know? Um, yeah, my take on it was like, when you stop being funny is mm -hmm. when people will notice. Right. You know what I mean? Right, like right. all of a sudden, if he had a terrible special, right, right. people would be like, what's up with that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting, isn't it? That that I was talking to someone else about that, like um, went for musicians or something, where it's like, what's that one special that where it, you know, you feel like they kind of like went down a little bit. Right, they know? lost it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, yeah. It's kind of scary how quickly that can happen, I guess. yeah. He, you went so you and Hassan burn each other a lot. Has he ever, uh, like for example, you told him that he didn't get invited to Dave Chappelle's summer camp because <laughs> because Dave doesn't like comedians? No, let me. Oh, you want to do this right now? We can do. I yeah, mean, we'll do okay, yeah, we'll, we so, can talk about Hassan right now. Yeah. Okay, so Hassan, he calls me during the pandemic, and we're talking, and I go like, "Oh, hey, my, Dave Chappelle invited me to." Ohio to do the cornfields, which is kind of like the comedian all-star game. <laughs> and Hassan's like, oh, that's cool. This is what Hassan says. You Okay, he, he brought this out, um, this fair yeah. game. That Hassan goes, he goes like, oh, okay. Hey, can I go? And I'm like, uh, hey, I don't know, man. It's not really my cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my cornfield. It's not really my cornfield. And it's kind of like you have to be invited. You can't just say you want to show up. And then Hassan's like, oh, okay, well, do you think if I message Dave, he'll let me come? And I'm like, yeah, may maybe, I'm, you know, your Hassan, yeah, I'm sure he would. Yeah, but I can't, it's, there's no plus, right? was no plus, Ronnie is 15 minutes plus one. I can't bring a plus one to perform with me. Um, so it was, I was just like, damn, like what, you know, either he's so deluded as he is that he thinks he can just walk into the cornfields 
of Chappelle's and just go on stage, like drop in on Chappelle's cornfields? Or th he thinks that I have the clout to like, you know, invite people into that thing. But I was like, I didn't even know. You know, when we, when Chappelle invites you to the cornfields, it's like, you, you're like, oh, okay. You don't even have, a, there's no itinerary. There's no nothing. Right. You just kind of go. You show up. You show up and everything works out because that's his world. Everything right. just works, you know. But um, you just have to trust uh, the artists and the energy of the place. And, and it was great. It was great. When yeah. I got there, it was like going to um, the cornfields in Ohio, but everyone that was super friendly and there was an audience who was really keen for comedy. Yeah. It, it was like an all-star game, you know? That's so, really cool. Yeah, but- What's and, the meanest burn he's ever had of you? What's oh. the one where he says it to you and you're like, eh, oh, it's a little he much. He really doesn't have much on me, to be honest. Cause like, what does he, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like he he thinks he has these sick burns on me, but I'm like, what? He, he, got, he comes at me for like having, my first name is Ronnie. Yeah. And so he's like, what? Why are you having this fake white person first name? This fake, it's not even your right. real name. And right. I'm like, it's in my birth certificate, man. Like, right. I, I didn't. Is it your first or your middle name? It's my first name. It's oh, literally right. my first name. Wow. Yeah. So I don't even understand this burn that he, th but, and it took me so long to understand his point. His point is that as a Chinese, ethnically Chinese person from Malaysia, why did my parents give me an uh, uh, English first name? Uh, in addition to my Chinese name. Yeah. So he's saying that your real name is your Chinese name. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but that whole thing is my name. So I, you know, you got to ask him what this burn is because he's 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 accusing me of, of uh, I guess, westernizing my name, but yeah. it's in my birth cert. It's so, your name. Yeah, it's my name. So what's, what, that was one of the things I love about your special is like you go into like the, the British, sort of uh, imperialism oh, history of the Malaysian stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Which I feel so ignorant. I didn't know that. No, that's cool. And you make fun of people like me oh. who don't know yeah, that. Yeah, but I also think like, I don't know, you know, I don't know um, minor league baseball. I don't know <laughs> Mexican <laughs> drug cartels. Like, that's I don't Minor, <laughs> minor league baseball and drug Mexican no, drug I'm, cartels. I'm, I'm just saying, are like, not things I know either. Yeah, yeah but it's, I also don't know that. <laughs> okay, well then, then that you should be more ashamed of that, yeah, not yeah. knowing that, because that's in your wheelhouse. That's in your I backyard. That. I didn't know that. So you grew up on sort of like you're saying, like British influence, yeah, like yeah. British Parliament and British comedy. Yeah, yeah. That's British interesting. Comedy. Yeah, British comedy, British TV, and. Um, British education system. And that's why we, I, you know, I have to, uh, I pronounce my T's. Cause yeah. that's all, it's all very British to, to say your T's and wow. not. And it's very, <laughs> you, yeah. keep a, you keep threatening the audience that you're gonna leave. You're like, cancel me. Oh yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Like, cancel me, what, <laughs> where I go home, I'm a, na I'm a national treasure. Oh, yeah, 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 in the special, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that bit. Uh, I love that. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> I, was, um, I texted you for your birthday. Yeah. And you said, hey, thanks for all the support and encouragement, but it's not my birthday. <laughs> I Googled your birthday. It said it was your birthday. You said fake birthday. I didn't correct it because I don't want to get hacked. And then I said, I already hacked you. Your emails are fascinating. Your bank account is lower than I thought. <laughs> and then you said, while you're in there, can you help me post about my tour? Yeah. And then I posted about your tour. Yeah, yeah. So it worked. It worked. And then uh, the hacking worked. Yeah, so what's your birthday? I want to my birthday. For real? Yeah, that's how you get hacked. You have very low security protocols, by the way. 
So I don't know where, what kind of fantasy world you live in. I live in New York City, okay? This is a dangerous place. You can't just be telling people your birthday and your freaking where you Everyone live. Everyone knows your birthday. Nobody knows that my birthday. birthday's real. No, that's not, <laughs> that's not a real birthday. There's I, no way that's not a real that's birthday. That's not a real birthday. I'll show you, I'll prove it to you, but you can't say what it is. I'll wow. prove it to you. I'll show you my. <laughs> show it to me. I won't put it on camera. I won't say it. Yeah, but why do people care about birthdays anyway? So I can hack you. Uh, <laughs> it's um, my Gmail. I, you know what's funny is I was looking at a photo that your wife posted of you and her when you were younger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think when you were just got married. Yeah. From years ago. Yeah. And you're so sweet. <laughs> Wait, what photo was this? On Times Square? Uh, yeah. Oh, no, that wasn't. We didn't get married. We just started dating. Oh, we just started dating. Yeah. And that was. That's a really cute photo. And then I'm mm. like, where's this Ronnie? Because <laughs> your stage persona is so tough. Oh, oh right, right. And you're so fearless oh, and, right. and, and brazen. Oh, right, right. And then like your, your soft personal self is very different. Oh, yeah. Do you think you're a persona on stage? Yeah, uh, I think we're multitudes, right? We all contain yeah, multitudes. multitudes. Sure. Uh, but that was um, that photo was cool because for me, that first date was also my secret. Like, I'm gonna go check out the New York comedy scene because that was my first time in New York. And oh, it so, was. Yeah, yeah, my first time. Uh, we were we, we me and my wife met in Australia. Right. We were going. We were in law school in Australia when we came to New York on holiday, and um, I went to Times Square. And someone in Times Square came up to me and was like, hey, do you want to go see comedy? And I was like, yeah, I do actually. And they're like, okay, so Dangerfields tonight, you know, we're, we're filming a comedy central special right here. Do you know this guy? It's a Charlie Murphy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know Charlie Murphy. Do you know this guy? I'm like, no, I don't know. Do you know this dude? No, no, this guy? No, no. Anyway, all these people are going to be taping a comedy central special tonight at Dangerfields. And I'm like, oh, cool. And so I bought two tickets and I went to Dangerfields. None of those people were on. No one was taping anything. Unbelievable. But jokes on them because I wanted to go anyway. So That's they so didn't cool. scare me. I actually got the better of them. What a sweet so, story. Yeah, it was great. It's funny that you you met your wife at law school. Yeah. Because I feel like you do have kind of a legalistic approach to jokes. Yeah. Like in certain sense, I always think of jokes as as like a legal. It's like an argument. It's an argument. Yeah. It's an like. It's an argument for a thing that's absurd. Yeah. Yes, yes. So not argument in the sense of fighting with someone, it, yeah. although it can be. Or it's an absurd argument about something that's serious. Yes. It's like, what, it, yes. but most comedy, I think, falls into like one of those two categories. Yeah, and you build it the same way because the same way you would build an argument in court in terms of like you set your, you set your um, hypothesis or thesis statement. Yeah. And then you go, here are the supporting evidence. Yeah. And then, and then your big conclusion, hopefully. Right. One of our producers, Mabel, saw you in at like like the Cobra Club. I oh, want to yeah. say it's like yeah. alt room. Yeah. Where it's like a small room, and you you called out <laughs> that you're an arena act in some markets. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Could you can you tell the larger story that that was a part of? Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was about having kids. If I have kids, and if they um, if they started doing comedy, how I, I would feel about it. Yeah, <laughs> that and, and the joke was about how how Chinese I am. That even if my if my kid wanted to do comedy, I couldn't even, I wouldn't even be able to come to grips with it. I'd be like, "What are you doing? You can't right. do comedy." Yeah, and so that was the the bit was turning around about how like I'm even if you were to become a comic, like there's no way you'd be better than me. <laughs> like, so, <yeah. laughs> 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So that was, uh, that, yeah, that was the There's reveal. No better than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you did the race, <laughs> there's a hilarious oh, bit the in your special <laughs> where you get, you basically tempt the audience to start a race war mm-hmm. by saying, "What's the worst race?" Everyone say it at the same time, right, right, right. and you know, like you're like, and you're literally like, "Say a color," you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and then and then I would describe it as no one really says it in the special, or maybe right. it's muddled. Right, right. Had did it? Was it ever yes. clear? Yes, yes. It was. It got pretty clear on the road. It, on tour, people would shout out. Yeah. And would it be their own race or a uh, different it would be, race? It would usually it's usually too dark to tell, but the the ex, I I would think the only socially acceptable answer would be your own race. So a lot of the right. times you would hear colors and you'd be like, I'm pretty sure that was your own race. Right. But it, sometimes it wouldn't be. Right. Sometimes some people would be like, um, what, what's the worst race? And some people would be like Chinese Malaysians. Right. And, and I'm like, right. I was like, oh well. That guy's clearly not Chinese Malaysian because right. no one Chinese Malaysian would even say Chinese Malaysian. They, right. So, so they were just trying to come at me with it. Right. Um, so that it was would like be, a heckle of sorts. It's a heckle, right? right. Yeah. But to be fair, I'm, you know, I'm inviting the answers. And then uh, one time at the cellar, someone yelled Jews, and I was like, that guy better be Jewish because <laughs> he shouted Jews. Yeah, he shouted Jews in the cellar, and I. I got really upset on stage and I just said like, well, that guy's a fucking ass, whoever that was, that's a fucking asshole. I said, because the joke ends with like, um, if you said anything, you're the you're yes. the worst yes. 10% of your race. Right. And then when that happened, I said, I said, especially that fucking guy, that guy's the worst, you know? And, and, um, and then after I left stage, I realized like, oh, maybe that guy was Jewish. Which would have made right. the whole thing okay, but I wasn't sure. Anyway, it, it's a uh, it's playing with dynamite a little bit. How did you come up with that as a bit? <laughs> How did you arrive just, at that? Just being an awful person. Um, I was. It, it, I think this was at the just to, just to give context. You get Ronnie in his comedy special, which I love, <laughs> says everybody, "What's the worst race?" and and everybody shouted out at the same time and. You really do tempt the audience yeah. to do this. Yeah, yeah. I get them to shut up the worst race. Um, I think it was actually at the com- comedy all-star game in the Ohio cornfields. Really? Where I figured out that you could do that because um, like I've been to a lot of countries and there's terrible people everywhere. So let's just compare the worst of everyone. Right. So we get to determine who the worst race is. One thing I noticed about your special is you complain about D students. Basically, like people, essentially, like you have a whole run about how people are just like kind of like do your own research people. Yeah. Yes. The do your yes. own research crowd. And yes. basically, a lot of them are D students. Yes. The death of expertise. In the death America. of expertise, which yeah. drives me crazy. Too. Yes. Yeah. But you, uh, you're hilarious about it. I will say that. You're kind of an A student, so right, right. You went yeah. to law school. I'm one thousand percent super elitist, but it's I'm a also very not, elitist. Yes, very punching elitist. down yes. at D students, love punching down Joe. at these idiots. But I'm also <laughs> I not love punching down at these idiots. <laughs> but I'm 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 also not like the greatest student. I wasn't the greatest student. Oh, in school. Right? Yeah, I'm not the I'm not the uh, I wasn't the top of my class at all. I, I got into law school by this uh, skin of my teeth, and I was a terrible law student. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was happened. Your, was your wife good? Ha- my wife was freaking amazing. She oh, was the best. She was the best law student. She, did you ever cheat on her? Did you? What, I'm like, sorry. What, <laughs> uh, did you ever, no, did I did you, not I'm, cheat on her. <laughs> did you ever 
<laughs> did you ever cheat off of her? Oh. What? Off of her ta- or paper. Oh. Um, uh, the second question was more applicable. Y- yeah. Did you ever cheat on her? Was my first question, which is not my question. Yeah. The second one was, <laughs> did you cheat off of her tests and papers? No, I no, I didn't. Because you can't really, the way you quote unquote cheat in law school is you borrow someone's notes. Okay. So my wife had great notes. Yeah. She would take notes, class notes. Her notes yes. were great. And so- in that sense, she would give, like, give me her notes and then I'd try to use her notes to do the exam. But, you know, you so can't... So you tried to, to cheat off of her, <laughs> but it didn't work. It didn't work because I'm just not smart enough to do it. So, but, Oh, and here's you can't, my next question. Have you cheated on her? <laughs> no, I have not cheated on my wife. It was just out of secret. Man, I didn't know it was Maury Povich. <laughs> I, I thought... <laughs> Here's okay. the child from your affair. Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, your new tour is called Love to Hate It Tour. What's something you love to hate? Uh, What's something you hate to love? Comedy, right? Love to hate? Love to hate it. Interesting. Love to hate it. I'm surprised. Well, in the sense of like, every day is just like, how do I get this fucking joke to work? Oh, I get like, Oh, okay. You know, like, how do I- I get you. It's like, I need more material. I don't have any material. I watch other comics. I'm like, everyone's killing it. I'm like, I don't- I'm terrible. I got nothing. I got nothing here. And then it's. And then you're I just can't the tell whole- you how cathartic it is for me to hear you say that. Because <laughs> I feel like that all the time. You came with, the, then- with the whole notice board of jokes behind yeah. you that you're trying to. You got so many, you can't even fit it on the board. That's how many you got. And- it's it's true, but but <laughs> but they're not all good, and they're not a lot. Most of them aren't good, really. And like. But like you're true. a comic who, when I'm back to back with you at the Comedy Cellar, I'm just like in awe of how much new material you have. And so to hear you say that it drives you crazy, like that's actually makes me feel better. Oh, oh. It's the best thing that's happened in my day so far. Uh, well, I mean, I feel the same way about you. I feel the same way about you. Cause you're always coming in, you got the cards of the new stuff. Yeah. So you're always trying new stuff. And then here I am with my, you know, same old shit and I can't even follow but Big Leo reading off his fucking card, so I have to go and go and do my, you know, old stuff. It's just, it's awful. It's an awful job. <laughs> Support for Working Out comes from Aura Frames. We all love taking photos on our phones, right? But there's so many of them. Hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of photos wasting away in your camera roll. Stop scrolling through so many photos. Start putting them to good use with a unique, stylish digital picture frame from Aura Frames. I got one of them right by my bedside. It's like a slideshow of photos that I really like from my, of my family that sort of scrolls through on this little frame, this little picture frame. I love it. Free unlimited storage. You can add unlimited photos and videos. Invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions, and it's private. You have complete control over who has access to your frame. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code WIO. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com, code WIO. Terms and conditions apply. Support for Mike Birbiglia's Working It Out comes from Helix Sleep. Helix has been with this podcast from the very beginning. We are huge Helix Mattress fans over here. 
Let me tell you a few things that are great about Helix Sleep Mattresses. They are fiberglass-free. Unlike other brands, Helix Mattresses do not contain fiberglass, which can be harmful to your health. As you may have seen in the news or on social media, there have been a number of health issues and lawsuits related to fiberglass and mattresses. You know, actually, I used to, I used to have a mattress that was pure fiberglass. It was just, it was literally a bed of fiberglass. No longer. I sleep on Helix mattresses, which are fiberglass-free. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash burbigs. That's helixsleep.com slash burbigs. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. No, now. This is called the slow round. Uh, what are people's favorite and least favorite thing about you? Wow. This is for other people to answer, right? I, I don't know. know. Favorite favorite thing about me? I don't know. I'm always, you always make me laugh and you always are super insightful. Oh, I'm answering so it for you. I'm not supposed to. Thank you. Yeah, I can't talk about my, uh, I can't talk about my uh, positives. It's very difficult for me. Uh, Negatives, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what do people hate about me. That I don't like celebrating anything. Oh. I don't like celebrating Christmas, birthdays, weddings, funerals. I'm like. Interesting. Yeah, I just don't need to celebrate. Do you not show up? I often don't show up. <laughs> I often don't show up, yeah. And then. My wife and I don't love celebrations either. Yeah. I think the reason, if I'm. If I'm playing the other side of this argument, because yeah. I'm also like, I don't like yeah. holidays. If I'm playing the other side of this argument, it's almost like in sports, it's like a makeup call. It's like a referee who, yeah. who botches a bunch of calls. <laughs> and, and, then and, then, and then they're like offsides. Yeah. And you're like, it wasn't offsides. Right. Like, yeah, I'm trying to keep it even around right, here. Right, you know right, what right, I mean? Right, right. That's what holidays are in a way. <laughs> You know what yeah, I mean? The holidays are yeah. like are yeah. like we haven't been spending enough time together. Yes. Merry Christmas. Yes. Let's all get together and eat a steak. That's great. You know what I mean? That's a great bit. That's a great could bit. Could be you a got bit. It. I think you got it. You got to write that down. Yeah. Like, that that's could a, be a bit. bit. I think that's a bit, man. But but it is for me. It's the for me. It's from uh, growing up where my dad put a ton of emphasis on right. Christmas, Easter, birthdays. Right. And like not that much emphasis on the other days. Right. Right. <laughs> and so that that's how you like that's your rebellion or I that's, think so. Yeah. Where you like, and I think my wife's the same. Right. Where it's like I'm gonna I want every day to be nice, not just the nice days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, can you think of a time that you were so scared you ran away? So scared. Yeah, like one time I got mugged at knife point and I ran and then I tripped and fell and then got mugged. <laughs> all right let's so, unpack this yeah, so, yeah so where are you uh i'm in australia i'm walking from uh university to my house yeah uh and along the way there's a park and i walk through the park and it's usually pretty safe uh no one around and then these kids run up to me one of them holds a kitchen knife and he's like i you see his kitchen knife Give me all your stuff, and I go. Well, did he say this is a kitchen yeah, knife? Yeah, yeah. You see, I have a kitchen knife. Wow. Yeah, just to just to make it clear, and then wow. Yeah, and then I, you know, I actually and he said, "Give me your money." Yeah, he said, "Give me your money," and I actually said, "I actually did not have my wallet on me because I just went from." I, it was just like a short distance. Yeah. 
and all I had on me was my phone and my keys. And I was very worried that they'd follow me home and go into my house. Right. Know, I think my sister was at they'd home. They'd find out something. your birthday. I found my birthday. <laughs> and, then, and then hack my email. Um, and so I just gave them my phone. I said, oh, all I have is this phone. You can take it. And yeah. they took the phone and then they rode off. Yeah. Oh, jeez. But, but when, they, when, they, when they came at me the first time, I actually spider sensed it and then I just ran. Oh, yeah. interesting. And, but then I tripped and fell because I was, I was wearing like flip-flops. What's a time that you remember feeling pure joy? Pure joy? Yeah. Uh, I think getting, getting past the cello was pretty fun. Oh. Yeah. Was it the show. first time you auditioned? Yes. Did you already have the Daily Show? Yes, uh, the Daily Show. Wow. Yeah. And who recommended you, Hassan? No, no, not Hassan. I, if anything, I think I recommended Hassan to the seller. Uh, I'm trying to think who recommended. It may, may have been Bill Burr. Oh, wow. Yeah. Name Bill Burr. Got me a audition, and um, where did you know Bill from? He, uh, I was doing comedy in Australia. That's where I started doing stand-up comedy. One day, I get this Facebook message from Bill Burr Facebook account, but his profile picture is a car because he's Bill Burr. So you don't know who it is, <laughs> and it, it <laughs> and the message comes in to you know my fan page, and he goes like, "Hey, Ronnie, it's Bill Burr here." I uh, just saw your five minutes. It was great. Uh, would love to work with you someday. See you around. And and I was like, there's no way this is Bill Burr. This is like 2012. Wow. Or 20, yeah, it's around 2012. And uh, I'm like, there's no way this is actually Bill Burr. He's not messaging me on Facebook pages. And I just replied back like, oh, thanks so much. Huge fan of yours. But I live in Australia, so I don't think I'll ever see you, but <laughs> hopefully one day I can meet you. It'd be great. And then he he replies back, hey, I, I'm doing a tour of Australia next year, so hopefully you can be on those shows. And I'm like, oh, great. And then we don't talk for like a year. And I'm like, I don't know if this is real or not. Uh, and then, you know, it comes down to Bill Burr's on tour in Australia. And I get this message from him like, hey, can you come up to this venue? And I'm like, this is, I'm getting catfish right now. This yeah. is what I'm totally going to get. You wow. Know? And I'm like, you know what? But I can't risk not going. <laughs> so I'd rather get catfish than not meet yeah. Bill Burr. And then I, I just show up. And until he comes in the room, I'm still don't, I, I still think it's fake. And then he really? comes, yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I love your spot. I saw you on the plane. He's like, I don't even watch stand-up. But I, I just happened to be on a plane and it was great. I loved it. I was like, I couldn't believe it. You know, it was just it was just five minutes at JFL, which you that's know, kind of amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. And did so, he recommend you to the Daily Show? No, no. That that that, that JFL special that he saw was yeah. the one I did with Trevor Noah. That's where I met Trevor. Wow. So that one special like got me connected to so many people in America. And this which, is um, Montreal, just for people know Montreal, Montreal just for laughs. Yeah, it's yeah. JFL. It's cool. And then, you know, and Bill was super welcoming. And then now he EPs my specials. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So he what was a great, great story. Yeah. It was great. And no one can believe it. And, and like, uh, it just goes to show, you know, like what, I don't know, like what, you just need someone to believe in you sometimes. And then, so I think that's one of the takeaways. The other one is like, you put it out into the universe. Right. And someone was watching. Yeah. Who had a lot of clout. Yeah. And like, I feel like that often with comedians and artists I admire, a lot of it's that. It's taking a lot of swings. Right. It's just trying. Yeah. Taking swings and um, being ready. 
right? Yeah. Being ready because you did all the work before. So when you did it, you're not doing the material for the first time at just a lab. Yeah. You, know, you took it seriously, you worked on it and you put something good out there and then hopefully people like it. Great. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the question was. Oh, the pure joy. Oh, uh, yeah. So I remember being at the cellar and getting passed and being like, oh yeah, this is great. This is my whole dream. My whole dream was to do comedy in New York City. Yeah. It was the best. That's so interesting though because I the, the pure joy thing is I have the same thing. When I'm at the comedy cellar, I feel very happy. Yeah. I like being around comics because yeah. I find that comics don't, they're not polite. They're not And polite. I don't like politeness. Right. Or like, too much politeness. Too yeah, much. yeah, yeah. I, exactly. Yeah. I don't like where you're in a conversation with people and you feel like everyone's kind of holding on to their actual opinion. Right. At this, When you're right. with comics, <laughs> you wish is, they would hold on. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. You're like, please you're like, hold no, on no, to these, these opinions. These are it. definitely yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. Also because comics are on the road a lot. So they know what it's like to be annoying. What do you mean by that? So, you know, when you're on the road, when you're on tour, it, I don't know about you, but like being on the road is a mental battle unto itself, right? Yeah. To stay sane and to have your creature comforts and not be annoying with the people you're on tour with. Yeah. So I think because of that, I think, you know, I just recently came up with this idea that I think that's what also makes hanging out with comics good is uh, fun is because they know what it's like to be annoying or rather they know how to not be annoying because we've been on the road yeah. and we're trained to know how to give people space or how to right. or how to talk to people or how to like uh socialize but then not be annoying no right. you know cuz we're on the road like if you're on the road with someone they're annoying dude it is a drag i know you're trying to be nice but don't don't yeah. interrupt it. we have our you know, we have our, the way we need to be on the road just to be sane. Right. Yeah. I toured with my sister Gina recently right. where she came out and we went to Detroit and she was like, so today I'm going to go to this museum and this blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, no, no, I can't. Right. I can't do, I'm going to be in the hotel right. all day right. staring at jokes. Staring at jokes. Ordering delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like listening to the set from the night right. before. Right. And I love Gina and I would love to go to Detroit with her. Yes. But when you're on, yeah, there is something about when you're on tour. It's like, yes. you actually can't do anything. You actually can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being on a flight. You can't actually accomplish anything on a flight. Well, because here's what, it's funny because this podcast has made me realize this more than anything. We're all as comedians and probably performers of any kind, we're all a little bit anxious all the time yes. about the next show. Yes. And we might play it cool. Yes. We might, it might seem like we're relaxed. We're not relaxed. Right. We're thinking like, oh my God, yeah. at seven o'clock tonight, a thousand people are gonna show up and they're or gonna- seven o'clock in a week. Yeah. yeah. Later in the week, yeah. they're gonna show up and they're gonna want me to kill for an hour and if I don't, then I'm gonna have hell to pay. Yeah. And it's very hard to be a regular person <laughs> in the world when you carry that much anxiety, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is why you're saying it's annoying when people are on the road and they're like, do you want this, do you yeah, want this, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. you wanna go to the museum, yeah, you wanna yeah, do this? Yeah. Cause you're like, no, no, I don't wanna do anything yeah. except what's gonna alleviate the anxiety right. of I have to do this show. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, what's the best piece of advice anyone's given you that you used? 
Wow, that's tough. I get tons of great advice. I think um, uh, for me personally, I think there was a really good one where someone told me uh, the, the sound guy at the comedy store in Sydney who was a musician, uh, is a musician. He told me like being professional is being able to be critical about yourself without getting emotional. And I, I think about that a lot times because sometimes you get too insecure or you get too angry over something and you're like oh if you're professional you you can point out what's wrong without getting too emotional about it yeah i think that's i think that's such a great piece of advice yeah. it's one of the ways that my director seth barris who directs all directs all my shows the way he puts it is he doesn't say like that bit's good that bit's bad that story's good that story's bad he just goes like what i get from that is this what I get for it? What I get from it is that you checked into the hotel and yeah. you had a dream and you jumped out of bed and you realized you were sleepwalking. Like, and when he echoes it back to me, I'm like, oh, that's actually not what I meant to convey. Right. And that's like a kind of emotionless way yeah. to kind of talk through ideas. Right. Right. But it also, also sounds like you're very sensitive and people need to walk on eggshells around. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Is there a song that makes you cry? A song that makes me cry? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, oh, that would be, Do you listen to a lot of music? Yeah, yeah. Nothing that makes you cry? I don't think nothing makes you cry. I could wow. be wrong. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Huh. Yeah. You get emotional when you listen to music? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Happy is an emotion, right? I get happy this with is, the music. This, I'm going to deliver this to Hassan as a burn for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He, had a, he has a lot that make him cry. Oh, Hassan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that dude is, uh, I mean, talk about sensitive insecure. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that guy will probably cry if you, fucking, if you don't say his name right. <laughs> which he spelled incorrectly. I thought I was saying it right and you were saying it wrong. I'm saying Hassan and you're saying... I'm saying Hassan, we're yeah. both wrong. We're both because wrong. Because this freaking guy won't spell his name right and he blames the entire world yeah. for not being able to pronounce it. Yeah. His name is in Urdu. So it doesn't even matter what <laughs> it doesn't even matter what you spell in English. You know what I mean? Like as in you, he should have just spelled it phonetically. But right. instead he's freaking spelled it the way Americans pronounce it and gets upset when Americans pronounce it <laughs> in American. So on, yeah. on Ellen. On Ellen. Starts crying on Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh God. Hey friends. This is a little shout out to my cats, Precious and Mr. Mustache. This ad is is for them. Those are my two cats. I love my pets. I know you love your pets too. And today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. They offer customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you and me to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, 
because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash WIO for working it out. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash WIO. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash WIO. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Working It Out is supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content. On beautiful video pages, you can even access your video library by adding a paywall to your content. My God, Squarespace is keeping up with the times. They're the forerunners of the industry. They're way ahead of us and right with us. I made up that slogan. I should point out that this is an ad for Squarespace, but I love Squarespace. Our website for Thank God for Jokes was Squarespace. Our website for Stand Up and Vote was Squarespace. Couldn't recommend it more highly. We use it all the time. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, head to squarespace.com slash burbigs, B-I-R-B-I-G-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash burbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Okay, this is material. Do you have new bits you're working on? Do you want to throw anything out? I got a, I got a bit I wanted to run yeah, by you. It's kind of it's kind of racial, so don't judge me. But um, yeah, It was going to be very judgmental. <laughs> If uh, uh, so, it's this. This is not the bit. It starts off with a question. Just to, I'm still trying to figure out this bit. Sure. So this isn't even the bit. I haven't even been able to say it on stage. But like when people, when you go to a comedy show, yeah, of a comic that you like, do you go? You go in going like, um, uh, I don't want to load the answer here, but I guess I have to. You don't know where I'm going with it. Um. Do you go to a comic that you like, a concert, and you go like, oh, I hope he's funny. Uh, or do you go going like, this is going to be great, man. I love this guy. Hope it's going to be funny. Oh, really? Wow. Did you want the other answer? No, I didn't. Want, I just I wanted your honest opinion yeah. on it. You you really, you're going doing that. Okay. I get How, nervous for the comedian. Right. I think you are rooting for the comic. Uh-huh. And I think that you are a little worried that the comic might not come through wow. the way that you know maybe okay. you saw on their Netflix special or whatever right. it was. Even though you have a history, you've had a history with them. It's not the first time seeing them. It's not an open mic. You're going to like a theater. Uh, percent? Can you put a percentage on that? I would say... No wrong answers. S- well, 70% concern. <laughs> I think you're just a, you're just a dad, man. <laughs> I think I'm seventy percent concerned, but I'm also like, like I'll put it in the in the in the universe of you. Sure. Like if I was going to see you, yeah, You'd I would. Nice. I, well, no, that you're a comedian. I would go see. I would pay money to buy tickets to go see, and and I would go. I would go sort of. I hope he has it tonight, right? Kind of thing, right? Kind of what you, when you're watching a baseball I game. Hope I he hope, has a good show. Hope he's yeah. I hope yeah. he. Has, I hope he's 
throwing good pitches tonight. Right. And it's like, yeah, that's oh. that's my that's where okay. I, how I come into it okay. because good. I know what you can do at your best, and oh. so I'll be like, oh, I hope it's that. Oh, okay, thank you. That's okay. So the bit I'm trying to write is this idea that I find like Chinese people. <laughs> They don't have a lot of experience with like live comedy. They yeah. don't go out. So a lot of my people come to my shows are going to comedy for the first time. Okay. A lot of the time. They're like first time like live comedy. First okay. time going to stand-up shows. Um, so I, I In I, America. Yeah, in America. Yeah, yeah Chinese Americans. Yeah. Even more so back in back in Asia. Yeah. Right back in Singapore and Malaysia. Yeah. But like in America, I still get you know, my last tour was more obviously, I think hopefully maybe this will be less so, but like people who come out for the first time, never even been to a live comedy before. Yeah. The idea of comedy is maybe they've seen clips on, on TikTok, sure. you know, and so they're coming out. And my bit that I was writing was that like Chinese people come out and they're so not fun that they come out and they you can hear, you can hear the energy of like, man, I hope this guy's good. You know, oh. and they come to my shows going like, I hope this guy's good, you know. Whereas like you go to like a Chappelle show, everyone's like, yeah. Right. Yeah, like people surrender to the experience of the artist. Right. But my, my joke was, I was trying to take this this uh, self-deprecating racial angle of like Chinese people are like, just come out and they're just like, I hope this doesn't suck. Like yeah, this yeah. Guy, you know, oh, oh man, I like no confidence in, yes. even though they bought tickets to come and see me and yeah. they've seen me, they've seen a clip or, you know. So I was trying to riff on that bit. Like, you know, it, 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 and I mean, I do have a larger bit about which are the, the most, uh, the most fun Asians and the least fun Asians. <laughs> <laughs> what are the most fun Asians? Koreans are the most fun in the bit. Yeah. Do you think in real life? In the real, I think there's something to it. I think my whole thing was about uh, talking about from the angle of life performing. Yeah. So the bit is that like every race of people knows how to have a good time when they go out. Yeah. When you go out, you have to commit to the <laughs> night out. You commit and then you surrender <laughs> okay. to the experience, right? Yeah. You go like, whatever happens, happens because yeah, I'm yeah. out now. I'm yeah, out. Yeah. And then you'll you're, you're go there, you're like rooting for the night out. Right. And then whatever happens, you go home and you're like, that was an adventure. Right. You know, that like the journey was the, the, the night out. Right. But with Chinese people, when they come out, it's like, everyone here now works for me. <laughs> I paid this much money. And so this is how much value I need to get from yeah. this night. Otherwise, this whole thing was a fucking waste wow. of, of life and energy. Yeah. And this whole thing was terrible, you know? Like they, they have this thing. So, so the whole bit was about that. So it's, it's interesting that like, you're saying that you, f you go out and you feel the same way with live performing. You're not, Surrendering, you're more like, oh shit! I hope this, hope this. But I'm rooting off. for it, right? You're I'm rooting, rooting for it, it. and right. I'm actually more inclined to like versus not. No, like. no, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think like one angle for that yeah. is like, you know, you could open with the thing that you're saying, which yeah. is like Chinese audiences are like this, and and um, one way to pivot is just to be like, you know, I moved here, yeah. grew up in Malaysia, moved to Australia moved to New Hampshire yeah. against the odds. I became one of the more famous comedians in the world. And then I have to have Chinese audience members. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. I got the worst audience members? Right, 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 right. How did I get stuck with right, the worst right, audience members? Right. You know how hard it was <laughs> to get where I am? Right, right, right. And I feel like your indignance right. that's so funny yeah. when you do it yeah. would 
really play. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, I think that's the dynamic that's happening is that like I'm kind of crapping on the crowd that came out. Yes. But in a way where they're like, yeah, we were worried. Right. You know, where they, where you can tell it in the, when you, when you call them out, they're like, yeah, we, yeah, we were worried. Right. We right. don't know how to, we, I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Right. I thought you're supposed to come out and worry about. The- Maybe you could scold them and just be like, I need you to root for me. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. I yeah. need, oh, you yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I, not in so much words, but yeah, at the start I go, um, yeah, I, I kind of thank, uh, everyone for coming except for the Asians because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, you guys should have come. You guys were always supposed to come to this. Like, this is your responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> there there oh. might be a bit also in scolding the Chinese audience yeah. members of being like, you realize I could be the number one comedian in the world if you guys did more? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know how many Chinese yeah. people are in the world? Yeah, yeah. If, if you, you were guys, all, if there was solidarity, yeah, yeah. If I you would guys, be If you guys lowered your expectations, and you freaking got behind the person who's trying his best. Yeah. Uh, I could be number one. Yeah. <laughs> it's on you. I have, I'm yeah. as good as anybody. <laughs> right. I'm funnier than the other <laughs> comics. <laughs> you, what's holding, the only thing holding me back is it's you. you. Guys. It's you. You guys. Yeah. Yeah. And you can be like, and I apologize for calling out the people who showed up to the show tonight. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. in, in fairness, yeah. you did do your part. Yeah, you did show up. <laughs> but you got to show up with the right attitude. Yeah, you got to show up with the right <laughs> you attitude. You can't just buy a ticket and think that's your duty. <laughs> you got to buy a ticket, you got to come, and you got to be happy, you got to root for me, and then you got to be positive. The journey doesn't end on the Ticketmaster website. Yeah. <laughs> the journey is just beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I need you full commitment yeah, yeah. through the show. Through the show. And, it, and, and after. Sh- and there sure as hell better be a standing ovation. <laughs> the last thing we do is working it out for a cause. Is there a nonprofit that you like to contribute to and we'll contribute to them and link to them in the show notes? Yeah. Uh, there's an AAPI vote. So oh, they, great. yeah, they, they're uh, nonpartisan, but who are we kidding? Uh, trying to get people to come out to try to get AAPI people in America to vote. <laughs> and, I've but, never had anyone say, but who are we kidding? Yeah, but like... Nonpartisan, <laughs> but who are we kidding? <laughs> but like, uh, they, 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 all their marketing is very nonpartisan. So in that sense, it's easy to share. Right. So that's APIAvote.org. Yeah. So we'll contribute to them. We'll link to them in the show notes. Thank you so much. Ronnie, you're the best. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks for making me burn my material for free and uh, go through this, um, you know, excruciating self-examination of my feelings. That's how you see this? Yeah. That's how, you <laughs> see, that's how you see what just transpired? I see it as a communion of two souls. I guess it will agree to disagree. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. I, I, it, it makes sense that you would end on that after the opening line of your special is, there are too many podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ronnie Chang. <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks, thanks so much. Right. Working it out, cause it's not done. Working it out, cause there's no so that's going to do it for another episode of Working It Out. Ronnie is touring all over the place. It is called the Love to Hate It Tour. This week, he's in D.C., Philly, New York, Florida. I will also be in Florida. Maybe Ronnie and I will meet up and go swimming in Florida. He's all over the U.S. You can follow him on Instagram, Ronnie Chang. That's R-O-N-N-Y-C-H-I-E-N-G. And you can watch the full video of this interview on uh, my YouTube channel, 
which is uh, at Mike Birbiglia. Uh, check it out and subscribe. Check out Burbigs.com and sign up for the mailing list to be the first to know about my upcoming shows. Our producers are myself, along with Peter Salamone, Joseph Berbiglia, and Mabel Lewis, associate producer Gary Simons, sound mix by Ben Cruz, supervising engineer Kate Bolinsky. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. They have a new album coming soon, which I've heard a secret version of, and it's fantastic. Some of the tracks are out now. Special thanks to my wife, the poet J. Hope Stein. Special thanks, as always, to my daughter, Una, who built the original radio fort made of pillows. Without that, this would not be possible. Thanks most of all to you who are listening. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Maybe you say to your enemy one day, take take the person by surprise. You go, uh, hey, happy birthday. And they're like, it's not my birthday. And you go, check again. And they'll go, what? And you go, hey, do you listen to podcasts? <laughs> And they'll be like, what? And then you go, there's this great podcast called Working It Out where comedians work out jokes with one another. They'll be confused about all of the things, the birthday, the podcast. But, but you'll be closer in a certain way because you just had this awkward interaction with each other and you'll discuss that the next time you see each other. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>